0: America for 300 years has been the land of promise for the rest
1: of the world, the land of new frontiers, new
0: opportunities. It's a complete conspiracy, you know. All the evil people of the world have banded together, communists, subversives, thieves. It's a total, complete, worldwide conspiracy. Yes, there will. There will come a morning when these men have taken over your home, they've taken over your daughter, they'll be sitting right there on your doorstep. I'll tell you a couple of stories about fraud. The Bohemian Club?
2: Did you say the Bohemian Club? That's where all those rich Republicans go up and stand naked against redwood trees, Right. (laughs)
3: I've never been to the Bohemian Club, but you ought to go. It'd be good for you. Get some fresh air. Hello, and welcome to Tank Riot, recorded live before an imaginary audience. This is episode 55, and it's all about conspiracies, part three. Yes. So, we're going to start it off with Sputnik. Thank you. I also should mention, Victor is here, and I'm Tor. So, Sputnik, give us a good kickoff with conspiracies.
2: There are so many, as both of you know. We've covered this in episodes 10 and 31, and, you know, we're doing it again for the double nickel. Okay, sure, we might be getting a little bit more obscure in some of these, because I think we've covered the biggies. JFK... UFOs, Bigfoot. Oh, I got to say this. Not landing on the moon.
0: Not landing <laughs> on the moon.
2: And you know, that X does go behind the astronaut. I don't I care what anybody that. says. But I'm not going to say it to Buzz Aldrin because he kicked the last guy's ass. To you <laughs> but Listeners, do not you, confront Buzz Do, do not get on Buzz's bad side. It's ugly. I got to tell you, though. Last night, I was watching a new monster quest. This is kind of a uh, cryptozoology mm-hmm. update. And they were doing the chupacabra, which is at, was actually fairly cool. It's you a know, Mexican, uh, Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican okay. kind of thing. But so you right. mean theirs is like this kind of bipedal weird creature. Chupacabra. Where's the one that they find like in the United States? Kind of looks like almost like a hyena. It's got these really big canine teeth and, mm-hmm. and, and like this weird skin, like beyond mange or whatever. But what I think is so funny is that it's sponsored by um, Jack Links. Uh, <laughs> beef jerky treats <laughs> made which from is... real chupacabra well no but they, they do the messing with sasquatch series yep. which oh. i find hilarious <laughs> yeah. like they got the new one where the, the guys you know shake up a soda can and give it to sasquatch and he hoses himself and then they try to get away in the in the golf cart and, they, yep. and he knocks it over i just man i die every time that's on but i digress I want to get to conspiracies. This one I became aware of actually at a family reunion and I was at recently <laughs> um, because um, be I have I have many relatives who are, are in the engineering field. And um, I don't know if you've ever read, like, popular science or popular mechanics. I mean, clearly as a kid, you know, you... you I always tried oh, yeah. to make a balloon kind of helicopter yeah. <laughs> zeppelin of some
4: sort. Uh-huh. How, to,
2: how to make a house lamp out of a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah. You know, they always had stuff like that, but they always had like one story that was just really weird. And well, now in, in the, the newer issues, so my, my brother-in-law actually had a, a bunch of them. And one of the latest ones had this story in it about HAARP, um, High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program. Okay. And it was fascinating, so I started. I started looking at it, and I thought, "Oh my god, this is actually fairly intriguing." So, of course, I, I did some research on the interweb, as the kids call it. And it's um, it's actually this thirty million dollar project that's in um, it's about two hundred miles east of Anchorage, Alaska. And the issue is, is that okay? It's kind of like Project ELF. Which, you know, here in Scotty Nation we had to deal with because, you know, it's like, you know, uh extremely low frequency waves is what it stands for. Yeah. And what it was You're meant giving to
4: give me cancer, I'm putting on my tinfoil hat.
2: That's right. And and That's many right. did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the point the point of Elf West is that they were trying to communicate with submerged submarines, you know, who are on patrol uh on in our uh planetary oceans guarding against uh the encroaching communist menace well mm-hmm. harp is kind of you know there's no one really knows what it's for and that's what's weird because it was specifically built in alaska for for very for various reasons it's supposed to have you know this this correct magnetic resonance so there's all these mm. theories about it uh one that so, so so essentially you can think of it as this this huge it, it just beams um a, a gigawatt <laughs> of power into the ionosphere, which, as you know, is is uh, essentially what causes... Well, I mean, you know, cosmic radiation, either, you know, the aurora borealis right. and so forth. Uh, solar flares can cause problems in communication and so forth. Right. So throwing a lot of radiation into the ionosphere is probably not a great idea. But what they're... Uh, again, the official military response is, is that it's it's for communication with submerged submarines and you know blah blah A little blah. bounce back right yeah but i mean they they really beam a lot of power at a very high range um in, into the ionosphere so they they have like 180 towers 72 feet high and there's like this high power high frequency phased array radio transmitter and it can send in the uh 2.5 to 10 megahertz frequency range at more than three gigawatts of power that's a lot but the capability of beaching
3: 40,000 uh-huh. dolphins
2: hey I mean <laughs> but th- so that's the thing so that's yeah. like
3: back to the future level power
2: right yeah and but but what's interesting is that there's there have been a series of patents um by this defense contractor you know to, to you know kind of Patent a lot of this different technology, so and of course this is, has, uh, you know, generated a lot of speculation because well, there's been a lot of protest because it it does you know for the same as Project ELF, there's a lot of um, environmental effect, there's a lot of personal effect and so forth because this power is just kind of beamed out in a very focused manner. Mm-hmm. There's a Texas physicist Bernard J. S. Eastland who um, was uh, applying for a lot of these patents. For harp all these various components and and there's a lot of people on the interweb that say well that's the real smoking ray gun because um it's the, a ray gun? It's
4: the tesla death ray it is <laughs>
2: and essentially and it's good that you should bring that up victor because um i can put two and two together yeah. i know conspiracy theory absolutely and you know you can go no far i mean if you're talking about beaming large amounts of power wireless tesla better be involved tesla's gotta be involved <laughs> there's no yeah, way around yeah. it so, um, so that like I say again, the reasons that they built it, um, it's it's described as a high frequency ionospheric heater, and uh, it was built in Alaska because the magnetic field lines, which extended desirable altitudes for the invention, intersect the Earth in Alaska. So essentially, this this would affect things planet wide, and all the wow. theories just go all over the place. Like right. it's uh, weather control, it weather as an offensive weapon. That it can affect um, brain waves, you know, mind
4: control. Wasn't that a Max Fleischer Superman cartoon with the the beam going up to the clouds? I, and, in fact, uh, I think it was. Yeah. I mean I Probably think it's. They in got the, the idea. It's in the subconscious of the culture that you can control the weather by beaming <laughs> ions
2: well, this this I mean, what's interesting is that um the military for years during the Cold War worked on over the horizon radar. And this is like a thousand times more powerful. And the over-the-horizon radar could uh, disrupt pacemakers up to seven miles away. Oh, man. And uh, cause inadvertent detonation of bombs and flares and passing aircraft. Now, we're talking like a serious match lighting up here. And this baby's really moving. So, anyways, in uh, Eastland's patent, he actually mentions two articles from the New York Times from 1915 and 1940 from Nikola Tesla. And... Um, Tesla was actually a very major inspiration for for this HARP project. Uh, Tesla, when he was 84 years old, wrote an article on September 22, 1940, and he said that um, he stands ready to divulge to the United States government the secret of his teleforce, with which, he said, airplane motors would be melted at a distance of 250 miles so that an invisible Chinese wall of defense would be built around the country.
3: Chinese Wall of Defense—that's a very weird phrasing. Well, I like the Great Wall of China. Well, right, the I know. Yeah, Firewall of China. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. the Great Firewall,
2: firewall of
0: China.
2: <laughs> um, this new type of force, Mister Tesla said, would operate through a beam one hundred millionth of a square centimeter in diameter and could be generated from a special plant that would cost no more than two million dollars and would take only about three months to construct. Um. Uh, so. Y- so I mean the, the the you know the the connections are are very intriguing because it mm-hmm. does seem to be exactly what Tesla was describing. Yeah, and so you, he's just beaming this huge amount of power. Even,
3: even if he said two million, you said thirty million, but he added inflation. That's pretty close. That's pretty damn
2: close. Euros yeah.
3: or dollars, uh, um, you know, so, so <laughs> whatever
2: you, the heck we use now. So if you if you had like these electronic pulses aimed at broad geographic regions. The theory is, is that one could develop a system that would seriously impair the brain performance of a very large populations in selected regions over an extended period. Actually, a love boat marathon would do that probably more effectively. (laughs) But I, you know, nonetheless, the point is, is that um, another theory, and this is my favorite one, is that it's used because when, when Harp is fired off, there seems to be um, a rise in UFO sightings. Like they're Aurora attracting Borealis. them or they're, or, yeah. or, they're, or they're using it as
3: a communications oh. means. Hmm. So I think, I mean, you got it all in this one. Or maybe they're, maybe the UFOs are invisible, but when they fire that off, their cloaking devices fail. Exactly. Oh. There you go. Now you it's, mean, it's more like... Yeah. Almost like, like a tachyon beam. Yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> like the Aurora Borealis is a function of a, a solar storm, basically. And yeah. if you're sending out some kind of pulse or doing something, you could be setting off... Lights in
2: the sky that look really... Oh, yeah. So this thing is like this huge array. I mean, if you can just think of it, you know, it's like this huge Tesla coil, and they're just beaming this stuff out there. So Harp's got it all. It's got uh, Tesla, mind control, um, UFOs. It's all there. Other websites that people could go to that are that are more
4: uh, influential on the Harp Just theories? type in
2: H-A-A-R-P. And you'll get Man, it. Man,
3: you'll... Yeah. <laughs> all right. You're, You'll Google a ton. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> Excellent. Tor, do you have one or are you? Uh sure. Uh now what I wanted to talk about was not necessarily a single conspiracy, but a particular conspiracy theorist Go. that you may find on the internet. His name is Lieutenant Eric Schein. And he's a merchant marine uh graduate of Kings Point Academy, okay. which is uh you know, like is that go- like an
4: online degree?
3: No, it, it's like <laughs> Phoenix University. I'm a lieutenant, and I'm a corporal in the uh, you know Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's where they make bastard. the Cracker Jacks boxes. <laughs> but no, actually, it, it's, it's, a, um, it's a federal, you know, it's a government kind of college university, just as West Point or Annapolis is, you know, for the Army sure. and, and the Navy. Oh, right. So this is for the Merchant Marine. Incidentally, I think during the Clinton administration, they actually talked about shutting this place down. Ooh. So I think there's a little, the Merchant Mariners are, they maybe don't quite get the respect that they think they deserve, which might kind of mot- hey, they they motivate. move the material, uh, wartime and peacetime. Right. You know? I mean, uh, they, and they should get respect. Okay, I'll but, give them
2: respect. Sorry, but
3: <laughs> I, I they've <laughs> added a lot of verses to the Barnacle Bill the Sailor yeah. song. Yeah. Oh, okay. that. Um, but I think since they're almost invisible as far as the the national thought, I mean, you always hear about the Navy and the Army and the Marines and everything like that, but you almost never hear about the Merchant Marines or the Coast Guard. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, exactly. And they, keep, they keep us safe. That's right. So anyway, so he's in the Merchant Marines. He's doing his job uh, working with the merchant shipping fleet, and he starts to... Um, discover things that he doesn't think is right, corruption, and he doesn't think it really is in the best interest of the country. So he starts uh, pointing out the issues. He becomes a whistleblower. And uh, the the Coast Guard actually, and I didn't get into all the details, but this, but anyway, gets him in legal trouble. They're prosecuting him and whatnot, trying to uh, claim that he's depressed or whatnot.
4: Well, this administration is very respectful of whistleblowers. I'm
0: that really surprises me. <laughs> exactly. I'm shocked. Yes. I'm shocked. I tell you, shocked. exactly.
3: He is. This is during the Bush administration. He's definitely blaming the Bush administration. Okay. And he's in fact he's claiming that uh, the Coast Guard is is violating its constitutional rights. So and, and yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, The Bush administration. That's you're redundant. Where's my military tribunal? <laughs> goddammit? No, nothing new. But this is kind of. Uh, Setting him up for his, uh, you know, he's starting to see some things that are bad and uh, it's, it's sort of setting him up for uh, further conspiracy theory investigations. Okay. Um, so he's in this legal trouble and he claims the, what interesting thing I learned by studying this is the Coast Guard, uh, well, they moved it into Homeland Security and apparently, at least according to Eric Schein, it, it's more of a, a, a military branch now, whereas before when it was part of the Department of Transportation, it was more of a civilian thing. So I, that, that's kind of part of his uh, conspiracy thorm- formula on how the Bush administration or the, just more in general, they are uh, trying to control and take over and uh, gain power. But uh, he, uh, I think, he he sort of fell in with uh some of the world trade center 911 uh, conspiracy theorists there. I looked at actually his webpage in archive.org uh a little bit and he's there's a little bit more of that I think in the older pages than the new ones. So I don't know if he's moving away from that or not. But um and he talks about uh privatizing the con- commons on how uh the uh you know the they the, the 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 corporations the the rich people mm-hmm. in power are trying to take over uh things owned by the um uh, you know the people you know like like the, the commons i think is like a, a basis of uh english
2: law is it not um english law which became american law which is to say that there
3: are some things that are owned for the public good yes i y- you know what i wrote this note down here and i may be misinterpreting it on my notes but i yes i think he did kind of talk about that but he talked about how then uh things for the common good uh, the, the, the they're trying to take that away so it's privately held can be privately controlled right? and no longer is sort of available right like the, you know
2: yeah. well es- es- essentially the oil companies should yeah. be should be nationalized almost immediately yeah i think mhm but and you heard it here first on Tank, right? Right. <laughs> Nationalize yeah. the pig fuckers. I'm sure that um. will happen. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) I'm calling for nationalization of all oil companies. No, great. (laughs) Now, now,
0: there's no answer.
3: Now, now, in the next episode, if if it's not uh, Sputnik Victor and Tor, instead it's some Shaw that they've established in our plate place, you'll know why. (laughs) 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 Oh my God! There's some sort of like puppet commentator on Tank Ride. Yeah,
4: Victor Tor and. Uh, Osama Lama. Yeah, yeah. So
3: <laughs> anyway, he's he's accusing them of, of trying to uh, take over, uh, stuff like that. And he looked into, um, uh, you know, you've heard about the bill, billions of dollars that we just kind of misplaced in Iraq. Yeah, um, it was lost. His theory, tragically. Hey, look, <laughs> moving is a difficult thing. <laughs> <That's right.
2: laughs> Where'd I put that sofa? Um, <laughs> but the one buried in bags
0: of money. money I yeah. love those.
2: I love those newscasts when they were looting. I mean, man, if it was nailed down, like they actually took an air conditioner that was on a roof of a building and they're like moving it down the streets. Like hey, looting well, will happen. It
3: was interesting you mentioned looting <laughs> because he claims those billions of dollars. Uh, were used. They essentially let the Iraqis loot everything, and uh, wow. maybe Including even had, their own cash. Maybe even had people working for us help the looters Sweet. and take it out, sell it on the black market, and that's we used the the billions to uh, help sell all this stuff on the black market, and then oh. we had private individuals, you know, the they, the the rich people, whatever, uh, collected. Uh, all the profits and made you know huge amounts of money. Isn't the CIA making enough from crack sales?
2: See, you know <laughs> I, what? Um, I, I think
3: crack is losing its popularity a bit. Um, I, th- I not think among
4: crack addicts. I think it's very popular it's among the young populate. kids these days. <laughs> really? Okay. In the
3: burbs. To be honest, I haven't seen the recent stats. In the
4: Midwest, meth is actually a pretty big problem. Um, you know, above yeah. and beyond crack, meth is easier to easier to create and easier mm-hmm. to do.
2: That's true. So, uh, and there's a lot of people around here with soft teeth already, so it's hard to tell. Did I mention mm-hmm. we're podcasting from Tropical Madison, Wisconsin? In the yeah. heart of Sconi Nation.
3: Thank That's you. That's right. Thank you.
2: But oh, oh by the way, um I wanted to also bring this up to speaking of Iraq, I don't know if you saw this mm-hmm. recent news story talking about Blackwater Security has now decided uh they're out of the mercenary business and um I think they're I don't know, like helping puppies now they're or oh, and okay. something. Well, good for I mean, them. you know, <laughs> it's kind of like when they said, "Oh, we closed the school of Americas." When in fact they just moved it. Yeah. yeah. Or Area Fifty One. Well, it's, no, it's not in Nevada. Now it's in Utah.
4: I, it's hard to protected hate those by guys, a Mormon though, because, human uh, wall.
2: They're doing a really good <laughs> job at yeah. what they do. Yeah. It's yeah.
4: just the fact that they were hired in the first place. Oh, I that's know. A little bit of no nonsense. kidding. Yeah, I mean, yeah. these guys actually are crazy
3: and, yeah. and wow. Yeah, they are now not to be known as brown water or <laughs> brown. <laughs> oh, good one. <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, <laughs> flush it <that's> down. <laughs> for all you California people out there, that's right. I think you know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he he also mentioned that now the the deal with the Merchant Marine is. Uh, the flags that uh, ex- uh, the ships that accept the the subsidy and fl- fly the American flag, they get a, a federal subsidy, and the deal is they just go about their business shipping the goods during peacetime, but then during wartime, they um, are, are sort of taken over and uh, reassigned to the military uh, endeavor, whatever it happens to be, to you know ship supplies sure. as needed. So, and that's why they get a, a subsidy to do that. And and traditionally this is you know American owned American built, uh, you know American crews you know good American ships, uh, but nowadays <laughs> the uh, and this is I think part of the corruption that bothered him. Now we're getting foreign owned ships that are getting the merchant marine subsidy. So there's a I don't know what, what so thinking. like we're getting like these crappy old tankers is what you're well, saying. You know I like... don't know about the quality of the ships, but it's 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 not restricted to just U.S. owned. Oh, right ships and so like any scowl will do <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, it, it, it it so it makes you wonder it doesn't make uh, you wonder it makes you think yeah what's, you know, what's the motivation for the subsidy are we really are they Is someone in in the government trying to just you know ship money to one of their buddies and yeah markers it's like money or, laundering Or yeah. is the American
4: yeah. economy tanking so badly that it's like I'm thinking about buying a Japanese car because I don't want to get a gas guzzling super. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, not to mention
2: we're, we're like so, no longer a producer <laughs> we're nation. We're not a producer. I mean, so right. so
4: essentially all we're doing is is and, imitating and, what was produced, you know, two yeah. years ago in foreign countries anyway. Yeah, and we don't and, you make know, that many. twice the price. And we're such sure. you
2: know bourgeois, egocentric, yuppie assholes that of <laughs> course we don't. We're not service oriented. <laughs> so essentially all we're selling is our culture or the dream or the impression of our culture. Right. So. Well, I mean that's that's everywhere outside of County Nation. I mean that shit doesn't happen here. We don't we don't cotton to that. Oh no.
3: <clears throat> oh geez, no. Oh gosh. I no. was just saying the other day. Uh, you know, it it looks like, like it could snow. I was like Bill. Except for where is it, uh, <laughs> Mequon and West Dallas? Or, yeah. Or, yeah. Okay.
2: <clears throat> Life habitat unit one, Mequon.
3: <clears throat> yeah, but he also. Um, don't forget White Folks Bay. I I actually I I heard him on uh, not just for white folks anymore. <laughs> and I didn't get to hear the whole thing so I'm not sure how it ended but I heard him on on a, a, one of the Mike Malloy Mike Malloy shows, radio shows. He called in. Yeah. And uh and and then that show and I didn't get to hear the ending so I don't know how it ended but uh he was talking about um the Walker family. You know the <laughs> George Herbert Walker yes. Bush. Yes. And The Bush, of, there's a great good that, book
2: on that, on the Bush-Walker dynasty. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So uh, apparently there's, uh, you know, perhaps you should read the book, but there's a whole lot going on that, like, way back into history. Yes. Yeah.
2: I mean, they, they were like these families that actually not only retained but made money after the crash in 29. I mean, because uh, they were, like, diversifying even then. It's kind of creepy.
3: So they kind of maybe knew it was coming or these something. These are long-term
4: yeah. members of the Bohemian Club.
2: You could be <laughs> skull o and bones, yes. or yes, you know whatever, Bavarian Illuminati. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, Burgers.
3: So this is. Uh,
0: just, you got, you, got you name dropping each each bastard. Name dropping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey,
3: speaking about name dropping, on uh, Eric Shine's website. Yes, he actually has some videos that you can watch. Oh, and he has one where he interviews Ed Asner. Oh nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh Mr. Grant. <laughs> yeah. So they they talk about all He's the He's old enough to have some conspiracy. strong opinions. <laughs> He, yeah yes. he does. Day. He does. He's a well known leftist. <laughs>
4: yep. Is BJ Honeycutt there. BJ he uh, would oh, I, I don't he think he's be. got him yet. Yeah. <laughs> no death penalty.
2: <laughs> I was like, what Dennis Miller said to him, though, on uh, Bill Maher's show. He goes, You know, I look at it and I see you're very intelligent, very compassionate man. But I'm sorry, I still got to say it. There's some people you got to pull the lever twice on just to make sure.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Well, the, the and then kind of the main reason I bring up Eric Shine is because he's you know he's this merchant marine lieutenant, and right. he's pretty grounded in facts and most of the things he's talking about. Wesley Clark.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> However, he kind of he does have the tendency to sort of you know when the when the conspiracy theories the little kind of. Uh, Strange idea, you know the the leaps that conspiracy theorists make—that that kind of jump over the gap in the facts. To um, he he tends to do that a bit, and well, we Uh, all live in that zip code, tour. You know, well, that's true, but I, 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 you know, how else are you going to get called a theorist for God's sake? Well, okay, (laughs) but I'm, I'm working on making my point. Go. So so anyway, you got you got conspiracies that that we know happened, such as Watergate, right. and then you got the goofball tinfoil hat stuff, like oh, we didn't really land on the moon; that was all a. Uh, uh, you know uh hollywood thing are you making reference to
2: the tinfoil hat that i'm wearing right now <laughs> yeah i wish you I, you know off. i don't it care for that nervous. kind
3: of talk it makes me
2: nervous <laughs>
4: you it know, makes me feel like know. maybe you're hearing messages i'm not
3: <laughs> I, I, I do wish i you have take tinfoil pants too well yeah, t- to be honest it's freaking me out a little bit that you have, you have the official <laughs> homeland security t-shirt on <laughs> <But> i do <laughs> one world nation yeah oh boy um but I think Eric Shine, he's like right in the middle between the extremes of the, uh, you know, fact-based and loony. And I think what's going to be interesting about is to look at this guy, you know, five, 10, 20 years from now, and see if he has uh, grown and become much more based in fact, and everything's well researched and uh, documented very well, or is he going to zip off to the other end and be? You know, a, a, a total Looney Tune. You know, either way, I'm gonna
2: definitely read more of Eric Shine's stuff. Definitely. Yeah, that yeah. sounds good. We'll throw link a link at the website. He definitely sounds like he's, you know, kind of in like in a, you know, kind of. A, well, I, w- I shouldn't say like David Icke because I mean that's, I mean, he's definitely kind of way off in the yeah. zone. So I mean, he's kind of already gone down that progression. But it looks like you know Shine might be someone to watch. Yeah, you know, just to yeah. See which way he goes,
3: I kind of get the impression that he might be sort of growing uh, intellectually. As he's working through his stuff, and to be honest, I haven't studied this guy for very long, so this is a very first impression. That's and a good one. So, but we'll we'll let the listeners decide. Yeah, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll link to his website, and maybe he can get his blog working again. That that link was dead. And
2: maybe the government it was the government. the bees. That's, it's gotta
0: be it. That's the government going after him. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's a pretty good one. I, I like that. I will look at more of Mr. Shine's work. Sure. You know, anybody can talk to
0: Ed Asner. <laughs> Ed Asner. No, that's. Ads. I'll wait to listen to that. I've got
4: so many more skateboarders to watch falling and grandma's getting scared. On uh, YouTube Dad's getting hit in the nuts. Before I actually get around to yeah. Ed Asner. Yeah, and there is an
3: Eric Shine video on YouTube. Bit me. Mm-hmm.
0: Charlie,
4: Batman. <laughs> I've got to watch the Charlie bit me videos. That's that's where that's where I am. I like I, I like so turtles. <laughs> so I've got my favorites anyway. Victor, do you have a conspiracy theory that you could throw out? I got two. Do you Gold? want one that's real or one that's tinfoil hat?
3: Isn't that you the know, same thing? No, I don't know. I oh. mean, <laughs> I can't make that distinction anymore. Tor, you, you don't know. Um, gosh. Well, we want them both. Because I believe it's a place that
2: lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. There's a yeah. story
4: of a man who believes John <laughs> Lennon was murdered by the government.
0: I believe oh. that. Okay. So
4: so John Lennon, let's do this one. John Lennon was indeed murdered. And this was in 1980. And yep. a lot of people knew that he was being followed by the FBI and he was being tracked by the government And they attempted to—I think it was Nixon—who attempted to get him deported,
2: right? Uh, Revoke his visa. Yeah.
4: So, so there was a lot of pressure because he's such a leftist hippie. He was. He was. And I loved him. And he was awesome. Um, but indeed he was my favorite Beatle. In fact, yes, (laughs) (laughs) except for Clarence. (laughs) <laughs> I mean the unknown
2: Beetle. The when, beetle. when they were
4: the Clarences I think they did their best work. The Fifth Beetle, the Fifth Beetle, yeah. And yeah. then they kicked
3: like some of George's stuff yeah. too.
2: Oh yeah, no, yeah, John, yeah. George, Ringo, and I'm you know I'm not even going to mention Paul.
4: <laughs> oh come on! I'm j-
2: no, I'm not going to. All right, whatever. Paul's a great musician. Anyway,
4: <laughs> anyway, oh bloody bloody anyway. So this. All right. So he was murdered and uh, a conspiracy quickly developed around him. But it wasn't a real conspiracy because the guy who shot him, Mark David Chapman, shot him in the back four times. Well, five, but he missed once. And in front of Yoko Ono and several on onlookers, bystanders, Mm -hmm. and then he sat down and he read Catcher in the Rye until the police showed up. Wow. And arrested him. and. You know, Mark David Chapman's been in jail forever, ever yeah. since. So clearly, he's the
3: murderer. But who hired him?
4: Well, no, no, it, no, no. Is it like, is no, it like no, Lee Harvey no, Oswald? Was he merely a patsy? Mm. No, no, no. So, oh. according to the theory uh, on the website uh, www.LennonMurderTruth.com. Com, oh sweet! I want a T-shirt that <laughs> says that. No, you don't. <laughs> I'm, I, I mean, it's it's really disappointing because. This is a conspiracy theory that is truly grassroots, uh, started by a guy named Steve Lightfoot. Uh, He lives in Santa Rosa, California, originally born in Montana. Um, He'd been reading the newspaper around the time of John Lennon's death. So this guy came up with a theory that while reading the news, um, Mark David Chapman didn't actually kill John Lennon, but by watching a clip of a picture in the paper that showed Mark getting a a signature from John Lennon in front of the Dakota on the way to a recording studio. Uh, And then that evening when he came back, Mark shot him and killed him in the back. So there's this picture that this guy was just there and took a picture of Mark getting the signature and John Lennon signing an autograph, which is really kind of creepy that he's signing an autograph for a guy that's going to shoot him like, several hours I mean, later. Maybe he was just
2: getting up his yeah. courage or something, you know. I, no, I no, 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 that...
4: no, no. This was this was all planned. He was planning this all out. He was very psychotic. He had he had a very big breakdown and if you've read anything about Mark Chapman, he he was a big Christian and he thought that all the stuff that uh John had said about about being bigger than Jesus was blasphemous and there were things that he he yeah, done that really upset him. So yeah, so so he wanted to kill him. But it was the little voices in his head telling him not to, actually, because he was the ruler of the little people. And he talked to the little people in his head
3: and the little Who was, people... Chapman was... or Chapman
4: was. So okay. Chapman was talking to the little people in his head and little people were trying to tell him not to kill John Lennon. And he said, I'm going to do it. And that's just the way it is. And then the little people voices went silent. And then he went and got the autograph and, and sat and waited and read Catcher in the Rye. And then uh, when they, sh- you know when they returned shot him and then sat down and finished the book and turned in the book as evidence to the police saying, yes, I I've done it. And here's my, it's, it's had an inscription written in it saying, this is my statement. This will explain everything wow. in, in the catcher in the rye. And he identified with Holden Caulfield, especially about people being phonies. So he kind of killed John Lennon because he thought he was a phony, but the conspiracy theory starts with the photograph that was taken of Mark David Chapman. And the theorist says that it doesn't look like Chapman. It looks like Stephen King. So according to the conspiracy theorist, Steve Lightfoot, who was born in uh, Montana and now lives in Santa Rosa and basically drives around in a van with things plastered all over it, purporting his theory of... Stephen King was that the same van that hit Stephen King?
0: Murderer of uh, oh, oh. murderer
4: probably. (laughs) That's what I would guess. But you know the guy who the guy who hit Stephen King? Yeah, dead. Oh, yeah, he committed suicide, or so they say. Or was it merely the call of Cthulhu? (laughs) It's all a government conspiracy. No, but anyway, the the guy um has gone on this long campaign because. When he was reading the news, um, Stephen King had written Firestarter. So Firestarter was just picking up, and the press was writing all about Firestarter and all about Reagan in 1980. And so he was hearing about Nixon and Reagan and Stephen King, and he would go through the editorial pages of the newspapers and connect the dots from editorial comments in such a weird way to think that Stephen King was somehow involved because he looked like, Mark David Chapman in the picture getting his autograph. So he put two and two together and has been fighting for years to connect the story so that it's obvious that the government is sending secret codes in Time and Newsweek and People Magazine telling us that the government in a great conspiracy killed John Lennon while uh, Mark David Chapman was a patsy who didn't actually do it, uh, but Stephen King did it And Mark David Chapman was waiting in a jail cell to confess. And after Stephen King killed John Lennon, uh, they fake arrested Stephen King and brought him in and then and then switched him with Mark David Chapman, who confessed to everything.
2: Oh, my God. It's totally.
4: I love uh that one. All right. It's totally and absolutely ridiculous. But here's an example from. The letters to the editor page, oh, uh, oh no.
2: and now the public picks up the thread. What's What's
4: What's really great is, is, is uh, he he had uh, I I don't know what magazine this is from, but he had circled the end of this letter is about uh, you know a soldier fighting, and he says you know I complete my second year of college. Mark my words, I don't mind fighting for my country, and mark is circled. But I hope those who make such vital decisions will use utmost wisdom, Corporal Roger Chapman, which is circled. And then you go a couple letters forward, and then the next, you know, few letters forward is the end of it. Says, you know, let us become cognizant of the difference between direction and uh, imposition. Signed, David V. King. And then he circled David V. King, and then he connected Mark from Mark My Words to Chapman in the signature to David V. King. And so, obviously, Uh, it's a secret message. Who wrote that letter to the (sighs) editor? Uh, uh, First one was written by Corporal Roger Chapman. The next one was written by David V. King.
2: And it had... This Nothing one totally did... wins surprise for the most obscure conspiracy <laughs> yeah, theory. Yeah. I ever had, presented I had a, I right. had a lot of
3: trouble following this. Oh did, my god. Did they even were they even writing about the Lennon murder? No, they no? were writing
4: about they were writing about the war and the war uh the previous wars in uh the election and the non-acceptance of
3: uh, So of the current it, president. It's just like the Bible code people. You know, you it's, get it's enough words code. together, you can circle enough things yeah. that say something. Yeah, so this is a classic code <laughs> yeah. conspiracy where the government <laughs> is leaving
4: but but here's the thing, why would the government if the government was working with Stephen King to kill John Lennon using Mark David Chapman, why would they throw codes in US news and world report or whatever? Well, yeah. they wouldn't. That's the thing. I know, that's yeah. why Well, I that's love probably
3: code conspiracy. That's probably people that were in on it but didn't had a conscience that they were trying to you know clean. and then,
4: and he goes on in great detail to go through Stephen King's works, which would be a mighty feat because you know Stephen King's works are are bleak and murderous and sometimes very, very dark. I'm a huge fan of Stephen King's horror, and so I've read pretty much all of these things, but he quotes Salem's lot many, many times, wow, and he quotes the Dead Zone, which is about um assassination of a presidential sure. nominee, basically. And so you, you're taking an author whose who's coin of the realm is murder and death right. and violence. Easy target. Yeah, and, and you're, you're saying, well, look, look in this novel about murder and death. He says this, and he do does these nice little quotes of Stephen King's works, and it's just way too much effort for a conspiracy theory that's absolutely pathetic where— where it's a code conspiracy, and that's yeah. a tinfoil hat conspiracy that I, that, that I wanted beautiful. to bring yeah. to the front. Well, I think
2: Stephen King also was quoted as saying, boy, that spells moon. He's the originator of
4: M-O-O-N, that spells moon. Name that film, dear listener. The trash can man
2: will send you a prize. That's right. At feedback at For the love of God, let us know. Hey, um, do you want to do another round of conspiracy theories, or should we go to a movie review? Or, Well, we could take a quick break for a movie review. Do you have a movie in mind? Victor, why don't you tell us about The Dark Knight?
4: You know, I'm sick of The Dark Knight. No, I'm not really. <laughs> <laughs> you know, overrated. <laughs> you know what the best part of The Dark Knight was? Go. The Watchmen trailer. Ooh, I really? got to tell you that The Watchmen trailer is fantastic and you should check it out if you can i think it's going to be a fantastic film if it keeps following the movie uh follows the graphic novel as close as it looks like it's doing this excellent is, this is true uh this is truly going to be a keeping to the script and i'm
2: sure alan moore will hate it because he hates everything all right victor <laughs> quick uh top of your head favorite watchman character rorschach bingo me too <laughs> I am all over that. I'm all about
4: Rorschach. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and you know what? I, the guy they—I the, I don't know his name—but the guy they got to play him, which we're not going to see much of, I'm sure. Well, no. Yeah, he—he he looks great. He looks great. Sweet. And and the other characters, uh, Osmandis, and uh, the owl, and uh, it, oh. it just looks great. It looks when I'm I saw this excited. when I saw this preview on the big screen. I did the giant like arms out. Hey, everybody, shut up! I I've got to see this. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was really Shoot! and and people were like confused <laughs> in the theater. But what is this? And I'm watching every frame of it. To me, as a Watchmen fan, oh yeah, it's it's my all time favorite. Well, graphic it's like it's like V Vendetta.
2: I mean, you know, when this one even comes better. out... better, just even better. Well, I know. I mean, the yeah. Wascherskis. Yeah. Okay, this is probably arguably. Yeah, this is a this is a huge make or
4: break for comic book films. But you know, I loved Iron Man. I thought Iron Man was a really great film. I thought the Hulk was okay. And when I saw Batman, honestly, I thought it was a really, really great film on a par with Iron Man. And everyone's been it's the hype that that is a little bit Well, Heath Ledger
2: too. I mean it's his last film and you know they
4: take the acting in a much better direction here. Not only, like, with Iron Man, you've got Robert Downey Jr. You've, you've got great performances by several people. Uh, but with Batman, you've got so many more great performances because you got Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine. You've got Heath right. Ledger. You've got Christian Bale Maggie Gyllenhaal. You've got uh Aaron. Maggie
2: Gyllenhaal, I thought, was a great rep- a replacement for uh, Mrs. Cruz.
4: I've seen both movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly... I wish Mrs. Cruz was the Maggie Gyllenhaal character. Really? Yes, I do. Wow. And I, you know, you guys can disagree with me or hate me, but if you know what happens in the movie, I think that she would have been a much better uh, Rachel Dawes, and which was a made-up character anyway, It doesn't really exist in the right. Batman universe. And I, I, there's something completely, totally unattractive in the mag in Maggie Gyllenhaal that doesn't make her this wonderful love interest that everybody saw. So I wasn't okay. really buying it, and and I think she's a great actress, but I don't think she's a beautiful. Any uh, nudity to speak of? No,
2: no, no. Okay, no,
4: and no nipples either, e- even on
2: the bat costume. Ah, uh, not from Heath Ledger or anything. Uh, mm. No, Brokeback Joker. Or anything <laughs> no, like that? but I gotta tell you,
4: <laughs> I gotta tell you, the Joker performance was fantastic. Oh, super! So uh, go I'm see this. Go see this movie. I, I think right. everyone should see this movie. I really thought it was very good. It's not the best movie ever made, which I'm getting kind of citizen caned out by the media, uh, you know, labeling it this. But I think that has a lot to do with Heath Ledger dying. I don't know how they can possibly, you know, continue from this uh, without going back to the Heath Ledger, you know, character. You know, I
2: think it's a shame that Hellboy 2 came out the same weekend because that to me is is kind of a more interesting film.
4: I was totally looking forward to that Mm. and I still haven't seen it. So I'm kind of kicking myself. We should myself. go as a
2: group. We should. We should go see Hellboy too. I
4: want to see that in the theater because it's mm-hmm. it's Guillermo del Toro. It's it's supposedly a wonderfully beautiful film, and it's just your average Joe, uh,
2: demon well, from hell. Oh yes, absolutely.
4: <laughs> <laughs> You know, fighting everything. Oh, I mean he so
2: anyway. he did he did one of my Yeah, I mean that film was like so haunting. I mean, I mean I thought about that for about a week seriously after I saw Pandora. And, and, I don't
3: know why, but for some reason the Hellboy character always reminds me of Ted Danson. I just don't know why. <laughs> Could it be the baldness? Possibly. <laughs> Maybe the baldness. <laughs> yeah.
4: I love Ron Perlman as as Hellboy. I think that is a wonderful perfect He's perfect. I mean he's, he's the he's, perfect guy yeah, for that exactly. role. Exactly. And Selma Blair in the previews was looking great yeah and then you've got uh, uh, the guy from uh, Seth MacFarlane from the family guy playing right. the gaseous right uh, Nazi basically yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'm Otto. yeah and I I think it's a bunch of great characters I'm looking forward to that film yeah so I, I definitely should we should that have one. seen it weeks ago we should have talked about it yes, since we everyone have. was doing bat hype I didn't even want to talk about Batman too much but everyone should see these films
2: okay yeah I mean I think so too I mean it I mean, there's Hollywood is embracing comic books because they haven't had an original idea for about. Oh, I don't know. But I would
4: hate for there to be a
2: public backlash and burnout of
0: comic book films. Because because these are good
4: films. These are good films. These are great Mm -hmm. actors. These are great directors. And they're making comic book films. I mean, my God. I stood in line to see Michael Keaton's 1989 Batman film, which I thought was a masterpiece, yeah. and I was just thrilled that someone was doing something with one of my favorite characters.
2: That's true too.
4: And and yeah. now we've got
2: you know
4: we're talking
3: Oscars
2: over comic right. book films. That would that would be fantastic. Yeah, I and mean, if you know one of those films actually it's taken kinda, a long mm-hmm. time to get to this point. Yeah, but
3: they what they'd have to do is put a little cape on the Oscar guy <laughs> for those. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, enough Hollywood. You got
4: another conspiracy theory for us?
2: I well, I mean there are many, but Let, let's hit at least one more. Okay, I've got Abe Lincoln and Jim Morrison, and you Whoa. know what? I mean, I'm just I'm gonna shortcut this for you. Abe Lincoln is Jim Morrison. That's it. No, I'm way. not gonna say anything more.
0: Whoa.
4: Oh, so this is a teaser? You're gonna send us to the web? No, the not actually. Yeah.
0: Because you know, <laughs> you actually, <laughs> gotta explain it, man. Okay, no.
2: Actually, <laughs> Abe Lincoln is is a great conspiracy, and theory. and he's in Hellboy. <laughs> well, um, Abe Sapien. Named would... after Abe Lincoln. That's right. <laughs> <'Cause>... Segway <laughs> sidebar. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs>
0: Hot pockets. Hot pockets.
2: <laughs> Abe Lincoln is interesting because, you know, one of the great conspiracy theories of all time is of course JFK. And when I was a kid, I remember buying the souvenir in like some, you know, South Dakota souvenir shop. Yeah. Also found in the Midwest, South Dakota. Um, originally one state just called Dakota,
0: <laughs>
2: and then
4: <and> North Dakota. <laughs> for some Hussle. reason,
2: uh, it's like, oh, we sh- we need to lateralize this.
4: Oh, dude, yeah. let me make fun of my brother for five seconds. Go. I took a road trip as a kid, and we crossed the border, and and well, on the way to the border, my brother asked my dad, "Where are we going?" He said, no, Dak. So he pulled out a map. Of North Dakota because he knew that's where we were going. He's looking for a city called Nodak. <laughs> nice. And I, the younger brother, actually got to make fun of him for not knowing that Nodak was short for North
3: Dakota. I mocked him until he I punched mocked me you brutally until you beat me.
4: <laughs>
3: Sounds like a good robot name. So Sodak Nodak. You know, it kinda is really.
2: Know. Well, the thing about Abe Lincoln is, is well, anyways, the souvenir that I bought. Was this little uh, black placard and it had a JFK 50 cent piece and uh, a Lincoln penny. And it talked about all the differences and similarities between the Abe Lincoln and JFK assassination. You know, like Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Kennedy had a secretary named Lincoln. He was married Uh in the fall. (laughs) He was
4: married in the fall. (laughs)
2: Lincoln's assassin ran from a theater to a warehouse where it's, you know, and yeah. it just like you, went you've down. have had this, to heard that one. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. And it, it just, it the
3: grass was, and, it's, it's like
2: <laughs> grass was green in his front yard. It's like over a dozen grass
0: was green in his front yard.
3: It's better than that. I mean, there's like a dozen things. And oh it's yeah. With I mean, Johnson just and everything. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, exactly. You know, he, you know, he had a vice president, <laughs> um, Lincoln had a vice president named Johnson. So did Kennedy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh Jesus. It just, yeah and it, I I think I may have it still somewhere and if I do I will I might I may make it a prize. If you send it to 12 <laughs> of your friends by email then Bill Gates yeah. will send you a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> In any case, uh what was interesting about um the Lincoln assassination is obviously the first American presidential assassination, but it's also uh covered in as much controversy, therefore conspiracy. As the JFK assassination, in many ways, what's interesting is that um, Lincoln was one of these presidents that you either loved him or hated him. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, hey, it was a civil war. Yeah, the, it was essentially all the crap that the founding fathers didn't take care of in the Constitution, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, so okay, so just he's going along, compromise of eighteen fifty, blah blah blah. Okay, it's a it's a shooting war. Well, in these days you could actually walk up to the White House and say, Hey, where's the president at? You know, I wanna to talk to him. I mean, you, you could literally mm-hmm. do that.
3: And yeah, I think um, it was like that even into the twentieth century. Yeah, was, pretty much. A little better access, yeah.
2: I mean, after the first couple assassinations, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think things got a little tight. But, but, uh, but you know, in Lincoln's time, you could. In fact, I mean, that's how Battle Hymn of the Republic was written, It was that they had all these Union armies, or, uh, you know, troops and so forth, right by, you know, the Capitol, the White House and everything, and that's, you know, how the song was written and so forth. What's interesting is, like, Lincoln, too the 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 civil war wasn't a war so much i mean there was a lot of casualties obviously from from you know the brutality of it because they were using like what 53 caliber bullets mini balls they called them even today's medicine couldn't save a leg or an arm or whatever so every battlefield Mm -hmm. had its dying trees where they would just like pull people in and they would just you know just to die essentially and um but even before that happened, a lot of people died just because they were all pulled from rural areas and they were put in one area, no sanitation, you know, nothing. Yeah. And so one little infectious disease that right, just wiped everyone else so, th- yeah. so he created this group you know, like an army pathology, whatever. and and there's they've been this like little group that just keeps collecting germs. In fact, they have like the nineteen eighteen Spanish influenza.
4: H one N five, is that what that is? Or? No, that's the bird oh, fluke that's bird. No,
3: yeah. that's which the big one. Actually is they it's H H five N one is in a lab in uh in Madison in University of Richard Sweet. Park. Sweet yeah. awesome! So uh, we
2: own it. <laughs> <laughs> we got it here. Scotty Nation. Yeah, yeah. Which uh <clears throat> I'm digressing huge though. I gotta get back on track. But what it came down to was is that booth john wilkes booth who was the assassin i mean he walked right up into ford's theater which i've seen in washington and took this little flintlock and and shot this little lead mini ball which you know (laughs) smooth bore right up against his head and there was like no bodyguards no nothing and all the uh Bridges were completely open out of mm-hmm. Washington. So it looked really suspicious. I mean, just like JFK, a lot of, th- you know, people were panicked. They didn't know what to do. Things weren't locked down and so forth. But this is like a little known historical fact. This is, again, I'm sidebarring, but <laughs> there was a lot of violence, like just pure vicious violence after Lincoln was assassinated. People, there was this uh, just one incident. Where um in Washington there was this hotel and um I believe in fact it was called the Hotel Washington, and they this guy ran down the street and he was all out of breath. He said, Oh my god, the president's been killed, the president's been killed. And of course, you know, Washington being in Maryland, I mean it's kind of a southern state, somebody pipes up and says, Well, it's about time they killed that abolitionist. This <laughs> union soldier stands up. Now you gotta understand this is like a crowded you know, bar restaurant pulls out his piece, blows the guy's brains all against the back wall. <laughs> Nothing is said for the next six months. I mean, people were like hanged, beaten, you know, wow. killed all over. If you said the wrong thing or did not show enough grief, it was ugly, man. <laughs> so, I mean, th- this is what the period of time we're talking about.
3: Wow, it kind of—I I remember when I was in junior high, I heard stories about. The principal just turning his back to a fight because the kid deserved it <laughs> yeah you had it in, you little punk <laughs> so it sounds like that sort of thing so
2: other than that mrs lincoln how was the plan, yeah, yeah. The plan? oh my god <laughs> and she slowly descended into madness <laughs> but i mean there were there was a lot of things that were very suspicious about it i mean for one You know, uh, Booth, it it took him like a full week to track down Booth to this barn. I mean, the man broke his foot when he jumped from... The presidential box to the stage and, you know, did the famous, you know, Six Semper Tyrannus, you know. Yeah. That was a little <laughs> weird. That he,
4: yeah. <laughs> I'm going to jump onto the stage from the booth here and break my leg. and. Well, it's yeah. like what they're saying about Obama, you know, cause it, because he
2: pronounces DC. it Pakistan. Yeah. You know, multi culty fruity I believe is the <laughs> phrase that's been used on the interweb. So, you know, there you are. But they tracked him down to this barn. So here, you know, first off, the guy's got a bum foot. They can't find him. Really? Seriously? Is it that hard? And they track him down to a barn. There's this big shootout. One of the guys gets the idea, hey, let's burn the barn down. (laughs) While they're all still in there. That'll make him come out. That'll make him come out. But how does this turn into a conspiracy theory, then? It was a conspiracy. The conspiracy theory is, is that Booth, for several months, if not years, there was some suspicion that, in fact, he might have been a Confederate spy and, in fact, that the assassination itself might have been the last act of the Confederate, you know, now-defunct Confederate government. Oh. there, um, Booth did, in fact, have a diary. Um, well, see, there, there were several members of Lincoln's own cabinet that really hated him. Skull and Bones. <laughs> no, there was no skull and bone. Although, you
3: know, sure. No, you never know. That's <laughs> right. Stonecutters, something like that. There was. I'm just named dropping. <laughs> stone Stonecutters, nice, Sorry. nice, Three good nice Simpsons <laughs> reference.
2: You do that every time. <laughs> he, he was, um, uh, <laughs> Booth actually tried to to kidnap and tried to shoot Lincoln many times before. <laughs> The, you know, and, and it was like you He's know, doing it's like everyone's going by, like everyone knows going by with a carriage. Bam! <laughs> God,
0: missed he him actually again. shot the
2: stovepipe <laughs> hat right off the Lincoln's head. You know, earlier he did. Yeah,
0: oh my he God. shot the hat,
4: and
2: it's like, but see, I mean, that's a warning
4: shot off the bow. Really, it's it's it's, it's a tippy
2: <laughs> tick tick tick. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. There. we're not talking Lee Harvey Oswald. Well, actually, yes, we are. Lee Harvey Oswald actually shot at General Walker and wounded him. And the Dallas police were puzzled. <laughs> you know, months before. In fact, Oswald had taken a crack at a public personage. <laughs> you know, just for shits. And you know, giggles. so well,
3: it's like you know. Now, if the World Trade Center was bombed before the nine eleven attacks, which they it, had was a clue. Well, right. it was in the nineties, it was Holy Ned, but yet they didn't beef up security <laughs> at all. Really, so well, there's a conspiracy theory waiting to happen. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's not go there. Let's, let's go not, back. Let's to us back.
2: To 1865, yeah. if we may. Um, so, Booth had a di- you know one of one of the people that really hated Lincoln and probably had the most to benefit from his death was um, his Secretary of War Edward Stanton. Um, he was a member of a very radical Republican faction that you know really opposed Lincoln's very lenient Reconstruction policy. So essentially there was a lot of so, people that and I probably would have been one of these people and just said, let's punish them by all means. So <laughs> take their tobacco. So
3: okay, now now Lincoln is seen as a very different Republican these days. But but oh. the actual, but, but the actual radical Republicans actually do go back to the beginning of the Republican Party or something. Right. Which yeah. if if uh, Tor, if you go to Ripon,
2: is actually Wisconsin. at the little cabin Ripon Wisconsin Scotty Nation uh-huh. is actually
3: where the Republican
2: Party began
3: same place to right make here those in Nation. <laughs> yeah <And laughs> there's a conspiracy here because in Ripon Wisconsin do they not make very good cookies
2: Ripon good cookies yes i
3: hear tell What's really in those cookies, huh? I don't know. Maybe Broken glass, that's, maybe, acid. Maybe it's maybe maybe it's not Kool Aid. As we talked about in a much maybe earlier episode,
4: the Republican Party has changed much, much, much
3: over the last Democratic years. Party, party of the slave owning South. Now, right, the uh, slave owning North party representing the, the uh, former slave South is, as I understand, um, African American.
2: The Republican Party, which at that time was the party of uh, free white labor, uh, not necessarily abolitionist, but contained abolitionist elements. Mm-hmm. So getting back to my original point, <laughs> Stanton's uh, secretary of war, really I mean, there was a lot of people in Lincoln's cabinet that were not at all pleased with his policies. Is this going to be a National Treasure
4: 3? It could be.
2: <laughs> it really could be. Well, this is good. This is good. This is study up time. So we do it first. Um, actually, uh, Stanton refused a request by Lincoln to allow the, the the Secretary of War's assistant, Major Thomas Eckert, to accompany the president to the, to the fateful performance at Ford's Theater. The implication, according, uh, is is that Stanton knew something Lincoln didn't. Ah, that's a little thin, I grant you, but. Booth did have a diary, which Stanton kept in his safe, and there were 18 pages missing later on, oh. which Lafayette C. Baker, the chief of the National Detective Police Force, later to become the Secret Service, said that when he turned it in, those pages weren't missing. 18 pages, 18 minutes missing from the Nixon tapes. Yes. sounds like Nixon. No. The other
3: famous Republican. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or infamous. We'll hear from him later. Yeah.
2: But um, there's there's all sorts of references in there about that this um, that there was like a rhyming confession that that uh, this baker uh, put um, in New Rome there walked three men a Judas a Brutus and a spy each planned that he should be the king when Abraham should die as the fallen may lay dying Judas came and paid respects to one he hated. And when at last he saw him die, he said, "Now the ages have him, and now the nation have I." Well, obviously Judas was Stanton because he made the famous quote at Lincoln's deathbed, saying, "Now he belongs to the ages." You know, and 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 um, there's actually a very good book called *The Lincoln Conspiracy* from the seventies, which were, I think, really the That's great conspiracy, conspiracy theories are born. Yeah, and um. But what's interesting is that one of the theories about um, that I find the most fascinating is that Booth had a body double who was actually like six inches taller than Booth was. And that was the person that was killed in the barn because, again, you know, they didn't have the body wasn't really identifiable after the fire. And Before so
3: CSI Ma- Miami.
2: <laughs> right. Because, yeah. like Jim Morrison, very few people saw the body. And. Um, the, you know, all the records and the photographs were consigned to oblivion. You know, an interesting sidebar, once again, Lincoln's um, grave had to be moved because there was, you know, a lot of people that were trying to, you know, rob the grave or desecrate it in some way, so he was moved to this, you know, very secure tomb in Springfield, of course. In 1905, they actually opened up his coffin. And people um, who, you know, survived or actually were there presently, so that other than his hair being longer and his his nails being a bit longer, like uh, many of the great saints, no deterioration whatsoever. Like mummified? No. Like he just died. You know, he was perfectly preserved.
3: Good seal on that coffin, huh?
2: I'm thinking yes. Yeah, Yeah. but he's also probably embalmed, so I mean that has something to do. Embalming was not common at that period of time at all. But he was a president. So
4: well, I mean it wasn't common, but they might have gone to that length. I'd have to look into it.
2: I don't know. I'm <laughs> just saying. Conspiracy. I'm just saying, I'm putting it out there. Anyway. It's the brand of whiskey he was drinking. <laughs> you know? There was um actually Tell or do. <laughs> during the twenties there was um the mummified remains of a derelict painter John St. Helen built as the once um as John Wilkes booth and uh, enjoyed a mildly successful post mortem career as a carnival sideshow. So there was actually this and I, I've seen pictures of this. It, the the body was painted gold and sitting in a chair and it's supposed to be John Wilkes booth.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. so
2: there, you know, there were there was all these theories that, you know, it was the South, it was the north, it was Southern sympathizers within the North, it was northern northerners who hated Lincoln and didn't really like where he was going with reconstruction so there was still a lot of bitterness and there's a lot of theories going around about you know who really was responsible for Lincoln's assassination i would say mm-hmm. on an equal par as the magic bullet and the mafia and castro mm-hmm. and and the soviets are with um jfk so
3: now there, it probably was just booth shooting lincoln however right. There was uh, an accomplice to Booth, and I'm not sure how many. Was there just one, or maybe a few? No, others? there were
2: several that actually worked with Booth, and they they tried to kill um, Stanton, Seward, and and other so um, yeah. high cabinet officials because the idea was is that they were actually going to take over the government. Okay,
3: so, so it was a conspiracy to. It it
2: it, it that. had that feel to it. Yeah plus too you have to realize that the civil war i mean it you you didn't really have instant communications like you have now so there were factions guerrilla factions and and actually formal military factions of the south that fought on
3: for six months or more Mm -hmm. so
2: it's not like the Civil war was truly over
3: yeah so can't turn it off like a light switch not by any means and there's to be honest, there's still some people fighting the Civil War. I mean, oh, yeah. uh,
2: if if one travels to the South and you'll see bumper stickers on their pick'em up trucks that say, Secession, <laughs> it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah.
4: Uh-huh. All right, well, I've got conspiracy theories to talk about, but we're out of time.
2: Oh. So oh. we're going to have to do another episode of Conspiracy Theories. And if you some have point. some conspiracy theories that are your particular yeah. favorite— Or you'd like to hear us talk about, please let us know at feedback at tankriot.com. In the meantime,
4: uh, we're going to do a couple of viewer mail things. um, And we also are going to explain what Bill Clinton was talking about at the beginning of the episode with a roving report from cinema-suicide.com at the end of the episode. So, first off, Tor, you got an email. Yes,
3: we got an email from David. And this conspiracy involves Bigfoot and the famous Bigfoot film, the color film that you always uh, see on TV on your Bigfoot episodes. Patterson Gimlin. Yeah. (laughs) The Patterson film. Uh Uh-huh. Well, anyway, um, David writes in, and uh, apparently someone has written an article uh, claiming that the— Patterson and Gimley, or whoever these people are, uh, it's the names are not on the tip of my tongue. Uh, actually, the day before they shot that video, they got in a fight with a Bigfoot clan and uh, actually may have killed some of them in self-defense. How did you know they weren't just hillbillies? <laughs> the Bigfoots or the people shooting the Bigfoots? Either or. Uh, yeah I I don't I to, to be honest I didn't read the article. He was But this is something that I think our our viewers should look he was into. He's referring
4: to us to uh cryptomundo.com.
3: Yes, the website which uh, uh, we will throw the link on our show notes page which will be episode 55 of Definitely. TankRiot.com.
4: And I read it and seriously what they're talking about is that the Bigfoot is walking with a limp and coming from a pool and the pool might be red uh oh. maybe not uh but uh they were they were saying that that maybe they had killed bigfoots when there was a big big feet fight and uh buried yeah. them and then this bigfoot had come back to dig up the bigfoot yeah. that were buried there you know and in a this way is,
3: like so weird in a way this makes perfect sense <laughs> let's say you you know you just in a way this makes
4: perfect sense you you just you're just, yeah. out, you're it's you're just out, enough it's rational
3: yeah you're just out camping with the guys you know and uh, maybe going hunting or whatever these guys are doing, you get attacked by Bigfoots. So they start throwing stones at you and stuff like that, and you're scared for your life. Fucking so, shoot them. So you take them out. That's right. And you're, but you're thinking... And then you're like, wow, that looks like a human. I better bury it. At least kneecap him." Yeah, yeah, but you're thinking, you know... Maybe
4: I just killed some hillbilly.
3: That's Bigfoot. <laughs> Very big furry hillbilly. Let's go home and grab the, the camera and come back here tomorrow... And take a movie from From
4: what I'm getting from this, yeah. though, they're saying that they thought they looked kind of human, you know, and uh. were like, oh, maybe I just killed, you know, the Beverly Hillbillies here, Ooh. and and I should bury him so that no one like because yeah. they look a little too human, ah, yeah. And so they buried uh. him, and then this one came back to like unbury him. That's
3: kind of sad, though, don't you think? And it's, then there's there's a whole kind of like sounds to... Uh, yeah, a yeah, it sounds like part two to Deliverance. Uh, no, no. It, it sounds weird. <laughs> Deliverance. I'm not sure how you mean that. Uh, part two. Well, because they they <laughs> anyway they bare well, soft and pink like a bigfoot. <laughs> then they caught the bigfoot. The whole and idea is they, they, they were the hiding bigfoot the body so they over. wouldn't get in trouble. <laughs> squeal,
0: bigfoot, squeal. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: I think that's enough for the bigfoot conspiracy. If we get more oh my facts God. on it, we'll give oh an update.
0: God,
3: I have one from Charles.
0: <laughs> Squeal, Bigfoot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. We're multifaceted here at Sky Nation. Oh, we can do livestock songs. <laughs> um, right today so he's talking about, that about our, our, our uh, episode 11, or 40 years of Star Trek. So I want to say great show. I'm a Star Trek fan, not a Trekkie. Now, see, I know there's like this uh, schism between Trekkies and Trekkers. Fucking trek. Wait, which one am I?
0: <laughs> I'm more
2: of a Trekkie, which is to say like running home after school, getting really high and watching like classic Trek. That's sure. to me what a trekk-er, a Trekkie is. What's a Trekkie? A trekk-er, is like when you go to your job at the coffee shop and co- <laughs> copy shop and, and you want to be referred to as commander <laughs> <laughs> you go to McDonald's and uh order <laughs> make your value meal order <laughs> in Klingon oh yeah I'm a tricky. <laughs> Um. uh anyways, I do agree Farscape uh, does kick. Stargate's ass. It does totally and completely. Stargate, or as I like to call it, So Gay One. <laughs> and some people from,
4: you know, after Farscape was short-sightedly canceled, oh. uh, some characters
2: moved over to Stargate. Anyways, he he asked about a Christopher Lee movie, and, you know, honestly, we've... Throw this one to the listeners. Yeah, all right. Um, we can't figure it out. It, it could be a TV show or a movie from the late 60s or early 70s. It had Christopher Lee in it.
3: Um, do you have the title? No. Well, no.
0: No.
4: Duh.
3: no.
0: <laughs> well, I didn't I read don't it. Right. That smells <laughs> I didn't read
3: the email. All right, the so, so we don't know
4: what this show is. Maybe you do. So it's a show about a uh, Christopher Lee type character. He had a large
2: house. There was a vampire and there was a big uh, tentacle tree that he would feed the house guests to. I'm drawing a blank on that one. It yeah. could be like a Hammer film. I don't know. Yeah, and, and Christopher Lee was in a
4: bunch of stuff. But, you know, if you know the film, let us know at feedback at tankgride.com. We'd love to figure this one out because I, I don't anyone know if any one of you say
2: Wicker Man, don't make me come out there.
4: Yeah, we'll come out there. <laughs> it's not one of those Dracula films either. I, I did get an email from... Uh, oh, God, I'm going to do it again. This is from Jurgen Guter. <laughs> And he well, Thanks for not giving me that Germany. one. Germany. I took this one because we already ruined Yan's name. And it is Yan, everyone. Hey, I got it. And it is he.
0: Sweet. Yeah.
4: So Yan so <laughs> emailed us, thankfully, uh, without a picture. <laughs> 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 Although uh, Sputnik asked for one. Anyway, <laughs> Jurgen. And I'm hope I am hope I'm not ruining your name. Anyway, he says, Huzzah. Just to get the formalities out of the way, he loves the podcast, and, you know, I can skip over that. But, okay, the reason he writes us is about the Devo podcast. Uh, he says, you talked somewhat about the influences Devo still has today, and it was interesting, even to me, who had not heard a Devo song before. Well, actually, I did. Uh, Rage Against the Machine released an album called Renegades, where they covered stuff they liked, but they were quite a few songs that I didn't know the original artist of, so I just kind of skipped checking all the originals and just had fun with the cover album. Uh, When you played a short part of Devo's Beautiful World, I remembered that I knew that song, but in a completely different interpretation, Rage Against the Machines. Uh, This shows how influential Devo actually is within music styles, and... Uh, that don't seem to have anything in common with what Devo did. Just something I wanted to add. Check out the song on YouTube. It's by Rage Against the Machine. It's their Beautiful World cover. Uh, And keep on doing a brilliant podcast. Greetings to Tropical Madison from rainy Oldenbrug, Germany.
2: Oh my um, God!
4: So wow! Thank we, you, thank you very much for writing. We appreciate it. I'm the fatherland. I'm, I'm
3: not sure we mentioned in the Devo show that I also think um, Nirvana covered a uh, yeah, Devo song. N-
4: Nirvana covered uh, "Turn Around," which was the yeah, B side right. to "Whip It," which is awesome, <laughs> and that's all available on YouTube too. And by the way, the you can go to YouTube and you type uh, "Rage Against the Machine," you'll you'll get the their version of the song. Corn, on the other hand, I don't think we mentioned corn uh, ripped off De-Evolution completely, really, without giving any credit to Devo. And Devo that doesn't gloss. own De-Evolution, but corn, come on, give a throwback, throw him a bone. Give him some credit no kidding. cause if you're a corn fan out there and you've never heard of Devo and you're you know, bitching about Devo, yeah, slow it down a little bit and check out the source material because, Korn was doing a de evolution material song that basically was referencing Devo up, down, and sideways, but they weren't they weren't giving him credit. So anyway, the Machine did, and hey, it's a good song. And I like that version too, by the way.
2: So all right. Well, let us know what you think. Um at feedback at tankriot.com. We will be back um with some new topics. Please suggest some if you have some. We have a roving reporter.
4: Yes, we do. At the end of this episode. This a will be a roving robot episode. reporter.
2: A roving robot
4: reporter <laughs> from cinemasuicide.com.
3: All right. So And he has a, a little bonus conspiracy that we're just going to throw on. Yes, the which is here. very
2: interesting and well-researched.
4: I think he says everything yeah. we need to say about the Bohemian Grove,
2: Bohemian Club. That's right. Yep. So, from the heart of Scotty Nation, good night, and wada
4: watate,
3: Wata teh I love you, Pootie-teh. wada It's getting kind of bohemian here.
2: <laughs> that was also in a John Wayne movie. We said, to my Apache scouts, wada <laughs> I shit you not, he actually did that.
1: Hey guys, this is Brian White, editor of Cinemasuicide.com, and I am going to talk to you about the Bohemian Grove, which is a particular favorite of mine in terms of conspiracy theory. So, uh, here goes. The Bohemian Grove is best expressed in as few words as possible as summer camp for the New World Order. In order to go any further, a little background on the New World Order is probably a good place to start, since it plays heavily into the continuity that's about to unfold. To the uninitiated, the New World Order is a blanket term to describe any shadowy cabal of globalized government system that breaks down cultural and national lines and runs the world as a single nation. You can take any number of secret society, real or imagined, and call it the New World Order, Freemasons, the Illuminati, the Bilderberg Group, whatever. Unfortunately, the New World Order can be a perilous theory to follow, since just about every organized group of paranoiacs has some creepy philosophies regarding it. On the most outrageous ends of the spectrum, the New World Order is a crazed power elite that traffics sex slaves for ritual abuse, human sacrifice, and satanic c- ceremonies. And if you have the stomach for that sort of thing, it makes for interesting reading. On the more reasonable ends, the most common philosophies are usually articles by extreme right-wing watchdog groups who go on and on about the loss of cultural identity, the destruction of the Constitution, police states, fascism prohibition of firearms, and a shitload of anti-Semitism. These groups, no matter how crazy their claims, always manage to pin the whole thing on the Jews. So that's that. Thankfully, it's not all apocalypse culture on Parade. The Bohemian Grove offers enough light-hearted insanity to balance the whole thing out. Established in 1872 as a think tank gone camping for creative types, a place where the regular drags of everyday life could be left behind, leaving plenty of room for creative expansion and collaboration, the, be- the Bohemian Grove served as a roving event that grew in popularity until 1899 when it became a regular event at its current location in Monte Rio, California. It wasn't long before the whole show was commandeered by some of California's business elite, and the whole thing became this secret fraternity of privileged where secret meetings were held, And by the turn of the century, national policymakers were regularly in attendance. The whole concept of leaving behind real life so you can focus on your art still holds at the Grove, and their motto is, Weaving spiders come not here from a Midsummer's night's dream, which implies that you leave all business and political dealings at the door and chill. But the Grove is home to some big deal decisions, such as the 1942 planning meetings, which led to the Manhattan Project, and the obliteration of two cities in Japan in 1945. The Grove prides itself on this. In 2000, leading up to the elections, meetings were held between George W. Bush, whose family are longtime members, and Dick Cheney when the decision was announced as to who would be Bush's running mate. This is all just formality, though. This is where it becomes really weird. In the seclusion of the Grove, members, the powerly, dangerous people from around the world, throw caution to the wind, and amidst shady lakeside discussions about fascism, the New World Order, and whatnot where they can say what they want among like-minded individuals, and especially without the press present. There are wide reports of wild drunken behavior, guys like Alan Greenspan just whipping it out mid-stroll and taking a whiz on the trail and streaking. There are unsubstantiated reports of Bill Clinton at the Grove, essentially living up to the outrageous portrayals of his personality on shows like The Simpsons and Family Guy as this extremely horny and frequently nude stoner. And if that's not crazy enough for you, there's an annual event held in July, only a couple of weeks prior to this recording, where the genuinely elite show up, party, and then attend the grove's most bizarre event, a mock pagan ritual called the Cremation of Care, held at the foot of a 40-foot stone owl. I'm not making this up. Participants dress in colorful robes, an effigy of a human representing care is rode out across the lake and then set on fire at the foot of the owl while a recording of Walter Cronkite reading an incantation plays. And the whole thing is really supposed to be this uh, this representation of you leaving behind all of the things that drag you down, like paying bills and going to work and you know feeding the cat and things like that, and just kind of focusing on what you like to do. So does this sound could, too good to be true? Does it sound like conspiracy theory in action? You better believe it. This has been filmed, and you can see this whole thing on Google Video or YouTube. Uh, in 2000, uh, one of the nation's leading conspiracy theorists and uh, radio host, Alex Jones, uh, if you think uh, Art Bell without the personality, he and a cameraman buddy of his got kind of dressed up in, in very sort of uh, business cash duds, and they snuck through the forest and infiltrated the Grove. And uh they, they they shot footage of the campgrounds which kinda look like Disneyland and uh like like if you go to Adventureland and there's like signs on trees and you know, like like signs with skulls on them, like it's something out of uh Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh they also caught footage of attendees. Uh nobody you would really recognize. But uh the centerpiece of the whole thing is that they got footage of the cremation of care ceremony, and it is wild. Of course, uh, Jones can't appreciate it for the insanity that he is. He insists that the whole thing, the effigy, is uh, a real human child, and that the scream that you hear is this, this child burning to death, and, um, and that everybody in attendance is a Satanist, and that's this meeting ground for the New World Order who get together every July to plan to take over the entire free world and uh, get wasted. Uh, Jones hosts a uh, radio show, you can subscribe to the feed at his site and download his daily show, which is this four-hour news show where he rants about about his theories and their relations to uh, current events. And he actually gets some, some people on there that would surprise you, like Charlie Sheen's been on there, who uh, is actually uh, uh, a big-time believer in 9-11 conspiracies. I think Rosie O'Donnell's been on there. Uh, Jesse Ventura was just recently on there. And, uh, uh, it's crazy. It's, it's, he does this every day. Every single day, there's a new four-hour show. Uh, he's also a friend of filmmaker Richard Linklater and appears in The Waking Life. Uh, he's a scene in a guy in a car with a huge bullhorn on the top, and he just rants on and on. He's also, uh, has a cameo in a scanner darkly. Uh, his his whole shtick is, um shouting at federal buildings and ground zero through a bullhorn about 9-11 conspiracy theories and the New World Order. My particular favorite story of the Grove is from 2002 when Richard McCaslin, the Phantom Patriot, loaded himself up with weapons, and body armor, uh, which he painted the Phantom Patriot across in red paint. He also wore this rubber skull mask. And he wandered through the woods. He also had uh, like, like assault weapons and, and explosives. He wandered through the woods uh, where he got lost. And, and eventually, he, he found his way to the, to the Grove, but um, he was six months early for the big July event, and nobody was there. The place was empty. So he just kind of wandered around. I mean, he was exhausted and very hungry, and I guess for uh, a few hours, he, he found his way into one of, the, uh, one of the cabins and just crashed out for a few hours. And then he got up, and he tried to blow up the Owl. But uh, he couldn't get the explosives to work. And so he left some passage from uh, Leviticus at the foot of it. And then he tried to set fire to the mess hall, but um, the sprinkler system put it out. And by this point, he'd, he'd made enough of a ruckus that the cops showed off. And there was a brief standoff. And uh, he was eventually taken off to jail. And he had a, uh, like a psychiatrist assigned to him. I mean, it's really, really ridiculous. And, and his, whole, his whole intentions were he was expecting to go there and just find this like wild orgy... And like ritual child abuse and, and, and Satanism. And, uh, you know, of course, he found none of that. And he was inspired by Alex Jones's documentary. So, when it comes to the Grove, the claims of Satanism and orgies probably aren't true, but there is something to be feared when it comes to a place like that that gives powerful people, presently at the center of great controversy, a place to get together and speak frankly about public policy in the absence of the press. What happens at the Bohemian Grove stays at the Bohemian Grove. So uh, there are some notable members like. Um, let's see, uh, there are uh, those are George H. W. Bush and son, uh, Dick Cheney, Dwight Eisenhower, Gerald Ford, uh, Newt Gingrich, Alan Greenspan, uh, Henry Kissinger, Nixon, Reagan, Casper Weinberger, uh, William Randolph Hearst. So, to close, I offer this quote about the Grove from regular attendee Richard Milhouse Nixon. It is the faggiest goddamn thing you could ever imagine. The San Francisco crowd that goes in there, it's just terrible. I can't even shake hands with anybody from San Francisco.
0: This is just not an Iraqi part of townhouse, but the upper class of San Francisco it is that way. The Grove that I attend on time the Eastoners and the others have come there. But it is the most faggot about thing that you will care. I imagine San Francisco is probably wasn't. It's just terrible. I mean, I have a lot of shade hands on everybody in San Francisco. Well, it's a complete conspiracy, you know. All the evil people of the world have banded together. Communists, subversives, thieves. It's a total, complete, worldwide conspiracy. There it is, there is a conspiracy, there is a insidious, enveloping gotcha. conspiracy. Oh, there yes, will. will come a warning, yes there will, there will come a warning. When these men have taken over your home, they've taken over your daughter. They'll be sitting right there on your doorstep. <laughs> There's a conspiracy in this house, Miss Rogers. just conspiracy. That's exactly what it is, a conspiracy. I can no longer sit back and allow communist infiltration communist indoctrination